0: My name's Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Now as you can probably guess, I'm not in the type of controlled environment I normally like to do podcast recordings in. I'm actually stood on the deck of a boat in Best Manor Harbour in the Faroe Islands at the end of a day's fishing with local charter skipper Magni Blastine, who hopefully is about to give us an overview into his operation and of some of the fish visiting anglers are likely to encounter. Right, Magni, over to you.
1: Well, um, I was born and raised in Vestmanna, small village uh, that holds about 1,200 people. Yeah, born and raised here, you know. I like it that way because, you know, everybody know everybody. And I lived in Denmark for five years, so compared to that, it's remarkable to be back home and everybody knows everybody the, the Faroe island is, I don't know, it's quite small, fifty thousand people in total. It belongs to Denmark but we have our own government the weather in the summer is quite good. Regarding fishing, I'm located in the middle of the Sound, Sound of Vestmanna, so when the wind it you know, comes from the south i can get shelter in the north and the other way around if the wind is fresh wind from the north i can go in the south where we were today on the, on the sand reef we'll have good shelter there nice and quiet no trees no trees no desolate <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know there're too many sheep on the, on the mountainside <laughs> So the tree is <laughs> they wouldn't survive.
0: Now you mentioned the weather there. This can be a notorious part of the North Atlantic for weather, particularly yeah. during the, in the winter months. What is
1: the weather like over the year? When it comes to fishing, weather-wise, uh, last summer I had one cancelled day because of the weather. Because I can always find some sort of shelter. And in case of strong winds, four or five knots on a Beaufort, I can always go out on a place grant close to Vespal. So that's, that's always nice. In the winter, you know, we have some terrible storms, but um, regarding snow, I think the average temperature is around zero degrees. We might have one week snow and then some rain and then snow again for one or two weeks and then the rain but you know the stormy weather we broke the record last year i think we were up to seventy eight meter per second
0: what's that in in real terms miles an hour
1: uh, in kilometers that would be like times Almost so, just below 300 kilometers, that's 140 miles <laughs> an hour in the gusts. Yeah, yeah. so quite strong winds. And picking up on what you said there about you can fish just outside the harbour, yeah,
0: we fished there yesterday. And on the first drop, Dave had a place of nine pounds, so that gives you some indication as yeah. to how much good fishing there is right just outside the harbour entrance,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, speaking of the place, the policy on a boat is on a catch and release. So um, all the big ones above two and a half kilos, five pounds, were released again. Mainly because they're so local that if you bring every fish in for the kitchen, it's, uh, you know it takes 30 years to see uh, a big fish like that. So if you take all the big ones and they're pretty local, I think that's a shame. That's why I, I want to keep them alive so they can die of old age here. <laughs> <laughs> and the fishing, you know, uh, they can grow that big because no one f- is fishing with nets, and the trawlers are they cannot come within six miles. I was going to say earlier that I've eaten a lot of place over the years and I
0: think that the the smaller place are probably better than the bigger place and place are not the nicest eating fish anyway, I don't think, personally. Yeah, yeah. So, And British anglers have been educated for a long time now into putting fish back, just getting a photograph, personal best. So I don't think it will be any hardship for Brits to come over here and put no. the fish back. I don't think you get any objections whatsoever. No,
1: no, it's all about the story, you know, and the good picture and a good story. Because if you want something to eat, you can take the small place and cod or haddock. Because it takes so many years to grow them, like 10 pounds. So that's the reason. 10 pounds.
0: That's what people dream about. There's only ever yeah. been one in Britain caught over 10 pounds. How many have
1: you had? I don't have the numbers, but on a good day, we can have up to five places. More than two and a half kilo, more than five pound, and I had the biggest one so far this summer. That was five point eight kilo, so uh, and it's still swimming there. So everybody's got a chance, and I think that's a it's a good thing, yeah. It is absolutely. Yeah. So what's five point two kilos? It's going to be about twelve pounds, is it? Thirteen? Yeah, well, 13 pounds. Yeah. The kind of fish you die for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some British anglers uh, last year and uh, they broke the boat record with a 5.2 kilo, I think. And then this summer we broke it again. So hopefully we can break the 6 kilo because it's the biggest one on this boat, but definitely they are bigger than that.
0: One of the questions I really need to ask you is, how did you discover these fish? When did you discover
1: them, and who discovered them? Well, I've been fishing here, you know. I have been doing the bow for 15 years. So over the years, I picked up that a lot of Danish anglers had interest in the big place. Been running the the grounds and the Find more and more spots for for the place, and you know building up the experience. And of course, the tide makes a difference when you're on the right place. Find the right tide. So yeah, over the years, it's um, mainly started with the Danish anglers wanting to go for the big place because they don't see any big place there either. And then of course the British anglers as well. But to actually start
0: doing that, you must have known the big place were there to go for. Yeah. So yeah. how did that come about?
1: You know, I've had some good anglers on board who caught them. And in the beginning, I didn't realise that it was that fantastic fish <laughs> until they told me that there were really lack of big places back home. So, But that's why I started working on them.
0: So have you been in fishing all your life? I mean how did you get into it? Are you from a commercial fishing family? Have you just yeah. sort of been an angler?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, commercial fisherman. Dad was a commercial fisherman all his life, so that's where I got it from. Since I was a little boy. Many years ago. Now the reason we are here
0: obviously is the fishing, the tactics and species that UK anglers recognise it can only relate to. Potentially. Is much better than back home. So tell us more about the tactics,
1: the species. The surroundings. We start with place. I got mainly two really good place, spots for place. Uh, one is a sand reef, it's about a mile long. And the other one is just outside here. It's a small sandbank. Top of the sandbank is around 18 meters. So, normally we start drifting from 25, 27 and on the top. The tide must be right, of course. That's the most important thing, the tide. The bait I prefer and I think that it produces the most fish is prawn. Prawn on the bottom and the tackle is something with a spoon on. That's because, you know. Something flashy on the bottom there is always good for the place. The color of the beads, I don't know if it makes any difference, but a nice, good prawn, peel the head off, wrap it around with plastic, and then you're ready for the big place. I think the British system that you use with a spoon and, and a, let's say, a meter long trace is really productive but I've also caught on a Danish system where they use 2-up and they're really fond of the white bits, and of course the prone there the biggest one that we caught this summer more than 5 kilo, it took a normal place rig with 2-ups short trace, 25 centimeters what I call the Danish system and, and the British system so it works and you need maybe I don't know 50 gram to reach the bottom.
0: That's just a couple of ounces.
1: Yeah yeah because you know the tide is slow 0.5 in average and it's not more than 25 20 meters so.
0: I take it that this bank you come up the slope you go onto the top you go down the slope on the other side yeah, but yeah where yeah. would
1: you normally tend to find the fish? On the front side of the sandbank. Normally, but of course you can get them on the on the backside also. Yeah, difficult to say, you know. You don't have one answer. You, <laughs> no, you always have a lot of answers. Are you finding big numbers of place, or are you finding numbers of big place, or is it a mix of the two? Not big numbers of place, but uh, they're just the big ones. They like to hang around in the same area. I think the best day, w- we had five big ones and five small ones and loads of dabs,
0: really loads of dabs. Yeah, and when you're talking about dabs, you're not talking about dabs that we catch in England, you're talking about big dabs.
1: Yeah, between one and two pounds. Crikey. Yeah. Doesn't bear thinking the, about it. That's the average, yeah. Had them today,
0: in fact, haven't we, up to maybe pushing up a couple of pound weight and we had them yesterday as well. Yeah. Yeah, two pounds. Just, just amazing fish. I mean, yeah. back home we'd be, But here, they're just ten a penny. Well, not yeah. ten a penny, but they're very common. Yeah.
1: And then again, because no one fishes for them, they have the chance to grow big. And nobody's interested commercially in catching these places, no. which
0: gives them the chance to grow big. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a real good thing, yeah. They don't have the commercial interest here in uh, inshore. And it's protected as well, to six miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of area around the islands in inshore as well as offshore.
0: Now today we were fishing for place and uh, I was particularly very, very keen to get a big place today, which mm. I didn't get, but I dropped down and one thing I remember, I just remember thinking and people back home will sort of relate to this, but wonder why the hell did you think of that? I dropped down, I got a, a really good take the yeah. fish was plunging all over the shore. I thought, this is the big place coming up. Yeah. And when it didn't, it was a cod probably in double figures. And I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And how can you be disappointed with yeah. a double figure cod? But <laughs> that's the way it gets you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When you target one species, you you know. <laughs> Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, you just want that species and everything else is a disappointment. And there's yeah. plenty
0: of cod around like,
1: around yeah, right yeah, about yeah, that size. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big haddock. Yeah. Which we had yesterday as well. Yeah, you know, nine pound haddock is a good fish. Yeah,
0: some fish. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, people will think Faroe
1: Islands, close to Iceland, halibut. Yeah. Unfortunately, overfished for the last I don't know three four years. Commercial fishermen have you know they're very efficient. So. Um, unfortunately you know when i started this chartering i could have about 25 halibuts you know each summer so you know once or twice every week you can get a halibut but now i hardly see them that's the sad story of overfishing a fishing commercial man
0: you think you got overfishing
1: you want to try our place <laughs> yeah
0: So one of the problems we experienced getting over here with all our gear, the flight takes about an hour from Edinburgh, and while the baggage allowance is generous at 23 kilos, fishing rods were treated as extra, had to be paid for. Thankfully, I've got a travel rod, but not everybody's that fortunate. How do you help
1: them get round this? i got 12 rods on a boat, good quality Shimano gear, and flotation suits in all sizes from small to 3XL, and boots in all sizes as well. So, uh, you know, actually you don't need to bring anything. I have everything and around midday there's a sandwich on board and, yeah. So we can manage for the whole day, of course, tea and coffee and stuff like that. And you collect it from the airport as well? Yeah, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you need the collection from the airport, meet and greet there. Accommodation? Yeah, I can arrange everything, you know, the full package normal accommodation is a uh, house for six people by the sea so you can do some fishing in the evening and a supermarket on the quay Yeah, it's it's about five minutes walk it's a good supermarket you've been there so mm. yes i'm
0: just going to drink it's uh it's produce in a minute <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well you know vestman is this tiny little village 1200 people but we got a pub, we got a restaurant, we got a big grocery store, so you know you can survive in the evening. We have a small booze shop. It, there's a monopoly here on the Faroe Islands, so the booze shop is open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, just two or three hours every day. You can get it locally, but buy it at the airport. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. that's my best advice.
0: Yeah, we noticed that. Uh, must map Right, the final question. Now, we know that the players here die of old age, but there's been changes in fish numbers and sizes over the year, which I presume has triggered your conservation-minded efforts. So can Vesemana continue to produce in the future? What are your plans to keep it
1: going? The plan is to continue with the catch and release, because the players are so local. You can't take them all. The cod, that's good for the kitchen, and the haddock as well. And the shark fishing is also on a catch and release basis. But um, that's in the wintertime, isn't it? It's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a playtime in the beginning of, of November, but sometimes we see them in the summer as well. If you have a good season with loads of uh, cold fish, the shark like to hang around in and, uh, and the cold fish. And that's that's right outside here in the West, sound of Vespina. But it's been a few years since we had a really good summer with loads of codfish. So, but when it appears again, it's going to be shark hanging around. And these are all poor beagles. Yeah, yeah, all poor beagles. What kind of sizes to get them? Uh, the summer shark is quite small, about the average maybe one hundred and fifty pound. But in the winter, November the playtime, you have the mature shark, which is the big female, you know, up to 500 pounds. And the big males, which are a bit smaller, maybe 300-400 pounds. And they hang in, in the same area. They come in, in shoals, actually, cruising the same area, the males and the females. So if you catch one, you'll probably catch 10 in the same area. Right. And they hang around, you know, strong tides. Really, really strong tides. And that's that's where their their playground is. And what sort of success have you had in the past? The best poor beagle is two hundred and twenty two kilo. So two and a half meter or something like that. But you know, we took it in. It was hooked in the gills, bleeding a lot, so we took them in, yeah. So that's why we we got the exact measure. Right, yeah, I right, got you. Yeah. But for the future it's return. it's catch and release, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Well, that's the way forward. Yeah. So there you have it. Plenty of variety, plenty of shelter, and plenty of potential to catch something really special, which I can testify to, but unfortunately, this time only as an observer. Many thanks then to Magniblastine for the fishing and for talking about it with us here.